Hey, welcome back for our second episode of Opening the Box welcome of Knowledge. Welcome back. Woo, welcome back. Welcome <laughs> back. I can't sing at all. Oh, you can join the group. You oh, are. Oh, God. I, I couldn't carry a tune if you put it in a bucket and handed it to me. <laughs> but uh, unlike my musician brother over here, uh, I'm Sakya Ish, Richard I'm, Peterson. I'm Kachung, yeah. Steve Blanchett. It's such an um, honor to have this platform and just so much fun. Episode one was uh, just amazing. It's what I hoped for having the conversation. It's going to go all over the place, right? Because we're talking about uh, culture, our indigeneity. I'm making up words now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we do. Yeah. You know, it's been a great journey. You know, episode one, we kind of introduced who we are. We'll probably do a little bit of that each episode, but hopefully as we grow an audience and hopefully with people, it resonates and they want to come back and they'll start knowing who we are. So, uh, Chung and our, our bro, Sam, the sound man is here again for episode two. And this episode is part two of our conversation with Logani, Liz Medicine Crow, uh, Waffle Algadok, Barbara Blake, mm -hmm. and Representative Tiffany Zolkowski. And, you know, just finishing that conversation on what it took to get that legislation through uh, House Bill 123 that uh, Representative Zolkowski uh, was the driving force behind with many other co-sponsors who would just thank them and what it was, what it means, what does tribal recognition mean. Um, this show this, this series opening the box of knowledge again is an opportunity for us to you know put the spotlight on people who are doing really crazy awesome things who may not get it or or just help spread the word and, and share the um, love for what's driving us and I had a lot of fun on this last episode where we were talking about who we were, where we come from, mm -hmm. talking about, you know, heck, we got into a long conversation about the awesome movie Prey. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to talk about things that drive us. Um, you know, man, Kachung, you know, you live a crazy life, brother. Yeah, both you, you and I. Oh, I, mean, this, man. This, I don't know how we can even get this done, but we're doing it. We're doing, we're doing it. it and doing our, it well. You know, our day jobs are one thing, and then the passion projects and the things that drive us are another thing, right? And for those of you who are returning, you know, uh, in my day job, I'm president of Clinkett and Haida. Uh, that's a big part of who I am, what I do. I, I've been in uh, leadership for a long time and, and service leadership, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to keep it real and we'll talk about those things. But this isn't a Clink and Hyda project. This no. isn't uh, anything to do with my day job. But my day job is a big part of who I am, yeah. just like for you. It's a piece, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm so proud to have that job and so honored and privileged. But, uh, you know, our indigenous lives are all encapsulating. It's multifaceted. And so we live it in such a way. Well, the cool thing is like, that we're able to do, even with the day jobs, do what we love, working for our people, 
yeah. you know, uh, uplifting our cultures, our languages, and, and our communities. So that, what can be any better than that? I mean, it's like, it's just, it's not even a job, really. It's just, it's, a, it's, it's our lives. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I've had some pretty unique opportunities come my way, offered some pretty big things. And crazy enough, I turned it down. Um, because I think what I'm doing is paramount, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's a higher level because I love our tribes and and uh, I believe in our sovereignty so much that there is no higher level. Like this, if I want to work for my people, this is the this job. This is it. This, yeah. this is the job. And you know, there's so much craziness in the world right now too. And you know, sometimes I have to be an activist. Sometimes I am, you know, government. Sometimes I'm business and economic development, uh, kind of becoming the jack of all trades, right? And all of it. I, I want to talk to you about something and I, I didn't prep you on this. Okay. So, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is our tribal values, right? Right. And this is no joke. This, this, is, this is my daily routine. I wake up every day and I take a few minutes just to kind of get woke up. Okay, what am I doing today? But I always go down, we have what we call our Southeast Tribal Values. Um, these were comprised by a group of elders, uh, you know, gosh, probably 20 years ago, really spearheaded by the late uh, Dr. Walter Sobolov. And many of our elders um, were involved in this. And so I, I really stick to those, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I love them so much. And so I always get up and I'm like, okay, how did I live up to our values mm. yesterday? Mm. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I fail at it, right? Sometimes I trip up pretty good and I make mistakes. So I reflect on that. Okay, so you kind of failed on that yesterday, but how are you going to do it today? How mm. are you going to do better? Mm. And so there's something I kind of revere. And then this crazy thing happened like a week ago in Ketchikan. And I don't know if you heard about this. So... In one of the schools in Ketchikan, they decided to hang up the poster of these Southeast tribal values. I did hear about that. Nuts, right? Yeah. So they hung it up. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Like representation. And the thing about it is like our culture, our culture is inclusive and not exclusive. So it totally makes sense to me that our values would be held up because, I mean, you know, our values are like especially with young people right, right? Yeah. yeah and like one of our values hold each other up and humor because you know we had a lot of we've gone through a lot we can talk about historic trauma and all these things we got through it and we survived because of humor right right so it's crazy to me it, i get contacted uh brilliant young guy in catch can keenan sanderson He's, uh, he's one of our delegates for Clinkett and Haida. He's the um, Clinkett and Haida chapter president in Ketchikan. He's also on the school board. Mm. And so he alerts me about this. So what's happening there is there's some parents who I think one of them is actually a teacher in this school is suing the Ketchikan school district. Unbelievable. Because they're saying this is infringing on their First Amendment rights. And, and I think what they're hanging on to is they're one of the um, values is reverence for creator. Yeah, right. right? And it's the whole religion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, what's creator? I mean, to me, I know what creator is, right? And it is a spiritual thing, a religious thing. 
but it's I think it's personal for everybody. I think it's different. Uh, I mean, you're a parent. You're a creator. Mm-hmm. So I am right. <laughs> I have created. Um, I have created little humans. Right. So I don't know, man. I, I've been just kind of turning this and opening the box of knowledge for me. I want to have conversations. One, I hope that are uplifting, that reflect our values, humor, hold each other up. You know, just as some of them, but certainly reverence for creator. But I got interviewed, right, um, by one of the radio stations in Ketchikan, and they asked me about, you know, what would you hope? And, you know, a conversation. Like, I think that's what we're missing in this era right now is everything's so polarized. and Yeah, real and safe conversations. Yeah. yeah. I'd, love to, I'd love to have these parents who are doing this lawsuit. I'd love to have them on here. Yeah. I'd love to have that conversation. Help me understand. Maybe I can help them understand. Yeah. And maybe we'll just agree to disagree. Yeah. yeah. But, well, man, uh, it blows my mind. It, it blows my mind, too, because, you know, religion was used so as, as a weapon right? um, for, against indigenous peoples. You know, we, yeah. were, we were taught to be, uh, you know, good little, you know, Christians, yeah. uh, you know, whatever, or whatever denomination it was that, yeah. you know, it, for those of you, we'll talk a little about this later, you know, but the history of religion in Alaska, it depends on where you come, where in the world in Alaska that you reside is depends on what religious denominations you are. Because sure. it was split up in a way uh, well, that, you know, that, was desi- that was designated to different areas, right? They actually cut up Alaska and said, okay, you're going to take Presbyterian. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, so I'm, I, I, I was baptized Russian Orthodox. Yeah. And in, in, in that just because I lived on one side of the village that, we, that we're from, in Nunapichok, we actually had three different denominations in there. You know? so, we had, so we had the um, Russian Orthodox which was on one side of the river. The other side of the river was Catholic. And then if you go down the boardwalk about a, about a half a mile, about three quarters of a mile, then there's the Moravians. All one village, but just depending on which wow. side of the, what area of the village you lived in is the denomination in the church you went to. It just, so it just blows my mind that, that like this whole idea of, of, of creator, that being there, written in our values, that people are really getting uh, their their panties in a bunch, yeah. you know, because it was it was just beaten into our people, our 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 ancestors, our you know our uncles and our aunties and our grandparents, and and so to use that against use it again, it's just like, are you kidding me? Yeah, well, yeah, because religion was used as a weapon against yeah. us in one way to kind of try to eradicate our culture. And now it's being used against us again, right? In yeah, a different yeah. way. In a different way. And so <laughs> it, it kind of put me on my heels. And I'm, look, man, I, I'm trying to be put out the olive branch and say, hey, I'll have this conversation. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm going to have to calm myself down because it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just like blown away by this, right? Like that our values could be seen as something other an infringement on anybody's rights because again our culture is so inclusive yeah you know um we bring people into our culture we you know oh bro i'm just absolutely have opened our arms our homes our land yeah yes i mean we have i mean that's and that's one of the reasons why it was just so 
you know, easy for you know the colonizers to come in because we were that type of a culture. Yeah. You know, and, well, and many of our indigenous cultures were that. Yeah. You know, we see people in need, we help out. We see uh, elders that uh, or folks in the community that cannot, uh, 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 let's say, for hunt for themselves, we go hunt for them. Yeah. You know, these types of things. So there's always that way, and that's part of those values that are on those, uh, on those the poster that they had on the school. That you know that really does drive in our in so in our culture in my, where I come from, we call that yuyuk, and so uh, the, and that's the way. Mm -hmm. And so I think roughly translated, that means like the way we genuinely live as human beings, and it is it is how we believe that we should be living as human beings, and these are are the ways that make that happen in in a good way. That's what I love about our languages. Is like you know, our our words have such different meaning, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're so deep. It's like our names. You know, my name is Chakya Ish, and it literally means father of the box of knowledge. Mm. And it's crazy because yeah, it's not like Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey Dave, hey Rick, hey Rick, right? I know they call it. Hey Steve, yeah. <laughs> You know, that, that's one of the things. Um, so a lot of people like on social media, yeah. I use my indigenous name. I use my Clinket name, yeah. right? Yep. And so a lot of people, a lot of non-natives will come up and they're like, can we call you that? And, and then they try to pronounce it. And I love that. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, uh, so a lot of my non-native friends who are trying to learn how to say it. And they're so apologetic about it. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, no, don't no, worry about no it. Need to. You're working on it. That's, that's the cool thing. For those of you out there, no need to apologize. Thank you for trying. Thank you, friends. Thank you. Thank you, friends. <laughs> no, I, I really do appreciate it. And honestly, um, I'm trying to respect my friends yeah. and do that too. Yep. You know, again, as we get into the second part of the conversation today. So that happened this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was just wild. That, that blew my mind. That's crazy. And it's like... I. I live in Juneau now, right, to Sankahiti. Yep. And it's so cool because, you know, hey, man, racism is here. All these things are here. But, look, your kids are in school. Mm -hmm. um, tell, tell me about Ayuk. Where is he going to school? Ayuk, What's he doing? Ayuk, my son, he's six years old. He just finished kindergarten at, at uh, TCLL, which is the uh, Think It Culture uh, uh, Language and Literacy Program. And in the Juno School District. In the Juno School District. Yeah, and, and, and it's housed within um, um, Harborview. So it's kind of like school within a school, but it's really utilizing culture culture and language as the, the driving force in, in teaching our kids. So that's my son. And then my daughter, Ulla, uh, she goes to Hayukutangi Tundikuri, uh, so with the languageness, with the um, uh, language thinket immersion. So, you know, it, it is our... It's our mission. So if, if me and Joy have anything to do with it, we will have two new Tlingit speakers in the world. Yeah. So that's, and that really was the driving factor for us moving to here, uh, was when we heard there was an immersion program. Yeah. And that's, we picked up, packed up our bags, sold our house. We had no idea where we were even going to move to. We had no place yet. 
but we just packed it up. We packed up all our vehicles, and because you have, you own a home. Yeah, we own, yeah we own a home now, but we did not at the time. We didn't even have a rental place, and we just no. But I mean, you walked away from a home you own. Oh, oh yeah, we owned it. Yeah, we yeah. and we just bought it like we had just bought it like a year and a half prior to us moving here. So, um, and it so that's how important it is for us and for our kids to be around the language and to be around the culture. And so, uh, you know, it was either we moved back home to my family, to where I'm from, and them to go to our language immersion program, or we come to to uh, up here in the Southeast or down here in the Southeast. So, so we, you know, we weighed everything and, and we just made the decision and up and left and uprooted our lives and, and, and came here to, uh, to create two new Tlingit speakers in the world. That's awesome. You know, and really just putting your, not just your money, but everything where, you know, behind your talk. Yeah, no, right? it's, it's, it, it really up. is what drives us. It's, you know, so it's, it's easy. It's easy, you know, for us because it's, because it's something that we, we both, Joy and I love our languages, you know, and I speak Yupik to my kids. So I'm a fluent speaker. Uh, I, you know, I grew up, it was my first language and you know i started learning english when i was in school and you know so i felt very i feel very fortunate that um that my language is very much a part of who i am because it's not with everybody no you know and but but it but you know it, but it also is never too late to learn the languages you know my 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 wife now joy is is learning and she's taking clinket classes um and that's that's so that's you know, she's on her language journey as we teach our kids yeah. on their language journey. You, you know, that's so awesome. I'm not a speaker. You know, I grew up in the village. I grew up, you know, um, I'm Clinket, um, Haida, Anungan. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you're Anungan as well. Yeah. And yeah, Sumshin. My dad, right. yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. And we're just finding out more and more, too, about, you know, so much happened. Both of my parents are... are uh, product of native mothers, non-native fathers. And so some of it just mixed up and we didn't even, you know, kind of all that sad story stuff. You know, my mom ended up uh, in the foster care for a bit, you know, she lost her mom. And, mm. and so she ended up in the system for a little bit, right? And so there's some shame around not knowing and, and this and that. And so, you know, I think we have to get rid of that shame absolutely um you know and you're right you're it's never too late to start it is never too late and there's so many cool things happening right now and my my worldview is southeast and and i know yours you you come from western alaska and you southwest south yep. central and, yep. and so i really want to have a conversation with some of the language folks you know i'm really good friends with so many of them i'm really looking forward to having those conversations because i think both that that drives both of us a lot yeah. in what we do, obviously with your leadership and creating the language uh, programs that my kids are going to, um, is is you know it's you know brought to you by Clinton and Haida, you know so <laughs> well, so I'm really appreciative of that. So you 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 know having that that ability to be able to create those these programs for our citizens and for our people and our communities is is amazing. And I thank you, Kuyana, Kuyana. Chish, I create a new word because I'm Kuyana. And my kiddos are from, you know, Tlingit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm going to create a new word. <laughs> yes. 
I love it. Um, you know, I can't take that credit, though. I appreciate it. We're definitely trying to be a part of the solution. No mm-hmm. doubt, Quinn and Haida is in, in my day job. But, you know, just being supportive. But there's so many, like, here in Juno, you really see it. So, you know, you have Clink and Haida as a part of it, Sea Alaska, Sea Alaska Heritage, Gold Belt Heritage, Douglas Indian Association. You know, I'm probably leaving some out. Yeah. But they're all just part of this. And I think, you know, we can all, sometimes you feel like you're stepping on toes. And, and I just said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about stepping on toes. There's too much work to be done to worry about that. The work is what's most important. Right. Not, not the people who are doing it. It is what we're doing. And, and it's really easy to let our egos get in the way yeah. or who gets the credit. And, and or, the, really, or the politics behind the it, right? Oh, Jesus, yeah. the politics behind it. And I've really decided because I've, I've been the obstacle a time or two, mm. my ego or this or that. Mm-hmm. And I realized we can't afford that. No. So, you know, you got to get your ego out of the way. Uh, my nephew was in town uh, for a Latsing camp a couple weeks ago. So cool. And that's a Sea Alaska heritage. They do that. And we went out and the kids were dipping out at Ocrec, you know, which is really amazing. That's something I do for myself is dip. And but they did it like a healing dip and yeah, cleansing. Yeah, oh, yeah. they're so teaching cool. them that. Oh. And it was so cool. And my brother Jimmy and I went to, you know, just support our nephew and check it out. And, you know, my friend Ronnie's one of the instructors there. And my good friend and sister Eva, they're all there, part of it. So we wanted to go check it out. And it really hit me like in the gut in a good way. I'm just watching these littles, you know, and they're they're singing our songs and they're and I, I don't know I even remember I think it might have been Hune Lance Twitchell I was talking to. And uh but these things just weren't as vibrant and around as when, when we were kids. Mm. You know, now there's all these culture camps, there's language opportunities, uh so many new opportunities and what you said hit me, you enjoy you're going to produce a couple new speakers yeah. through your efforts. Like you just said, that's so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, our language is so critical to the survival of our culture, um, to understand it. And, you know, I feel like I was really raised in the culture. I don't feel like I miss out on that. I really get a lot of the protocol. I get a lot of history and a mm. lot of stories. But, uh, you know, but I'm not in the language and that's something I think about a lot and I need, mm. to, I need to change that. And that's something, you know, I think about. Uh, it's really cool because some people have really pushed the envelope. Um, you know, Kune, Lance Twitchell, who um, he has a new podcast too. It's uh, called Tongue, Tongue Unbroken. Mm. And I think he's got two episodes out so far, but... This is a dude who's put his life on the line for what he believes he in. He is an example of someone who just has that drive. He knew exactly what he wanted to do is to, you know, to really s- s- make a change in, yeah. in, in the Tlingit language. And he, him and Kuyang with the hot kill yeah. have, have really taken it on their themselves. And I think they are helping to create a new wave of, of, of language speakers because they're they're young yeah you know they're both young men and they are inspiring other young men and women to to get into uh in, back into the language and I, and I can't wait to talk more about this later because yeah. uh, I think 
Um, I, one of my most memorable experiences was here, you know, in celebration and hearing the language. And it was um, a moment where I had tears and, and just crying. And and I was just so happy because at that moment I felt I felt hope for my son because my daughter wasn't born yet. Mm -hmm. But I felt hope for my son that he is going to be all right, that the language is going to be there because I was hearing these young, you know, uh, young uh, think it men and women that were in language and it was just uh, it was just awesome so I, i'm really just happy about this we're, we're going to be getting to talk with uh many folks like we just had our conversations um and 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 what i'm really enjoying about this as well is for us to really get to know each other and so i'm hearing so many things about about each other that you know that that i didn't know you know yeah. that so i'm really excited that in these first several episodes that you and i are just going to get to know each other as we get on this journey um, and 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 to to connect with folks all around the around the world, but you and I connecting. Absolutely, I, I love that. You know, and that's why I asked you to be a part of this because some of the conversations we had, yeah, were this. Were yeah, when, when it was just you and I. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you came to me before you even worked with the tribe. Yeah, you were working with. Uh, Oh gosh, I just played the Jack, the Jack, right? The Juno RC Manis Council, yeah, right. And they do great work and are doing yeah. really cool things. But you would you had been talking about how them and Clink and Heide could work together, yeah, how we could work together. And I, you know, you give me far too much credit for the outcome of that conversation because I, I just think I was blathering on. <laughs> but the outcome is you came up with Rock Ock, right? And the Jack and Clink and Heider are still working together. We're on still that partnering today. on it. We're actually leaving in about two weeks to go to um, a conference uh, in Calgary, and so we have partners, our partners at uh, the Jack um, and uh, Seth Clink and Heider. We're going there, and we're going to be uh, speaking with other Indigenous uh, programmers um, around the world. There's going to be people, people from Ateora, from uh, oh. Australia, from Canada. Um, uh, from the Sami with the Redirect Festival, and we're going to a uh, a conference uh, called Western Arts Alliance, and which has a program called Advancing Indigenous Performance. So we're going to be meeting with a bunch of programmers, and then also meeting with a whole host of of indigenous rock stars that yeah. we're hoping to engage with uh, with with Oak Rock. That that's one of my favorite terms. If you're out there doing kick-ass stuff. And you're indigenous. I'm going to call you an indigenous rock star. Yeah, right. Um, Got to talk a little bit about Rock Octo because so Steve Kachung came to my office. We we're talking about this, and then the outcome was, hey, we should have an indigenous music festival, yeah. right? And um, then you did it, and I, I it really can't. So this is what I left your literally left your office. I went over to my office there at the Jack and talked with the ED, Nancy Tichirny, who was the ED at the time, and said, well, President Peterson wants to do a music festival. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, that sounds great. Uh, and then literally, I think it was about two weeks later, we applied for the, our very first grant, which was with the uh, National Endowment of the Arts, the NEA. And, and uh, lo and behold, you know, several months later, we got the grant, and here we are. And we're like, we're doing a music festival. So, so November, was it November 5th and 6th, we did a virtual festival 2021. in 2021, and we brought 14 indigenous artists, um, as far as from, from Mozambique, 
uh, Canada, all through U.S., and we had all six major cultures of Alaska represented as well. And so, which is going to be the one of the missions um, of us when we have this annual, a uh, biannual uh, festival, um, is that we have a very strong representation of all the cultures, all the major cultures of Alaska. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we have U.S.-based indigenous artists. Then we have Canadian. Then we start reaching out to the other cultures, you know, Ateora, Australian. Uh, you know, we, we even had a Filipino. Yeah. So the, my, my idea of indigenous, this might be, this might be, uh, you know, some folks not agree with this, but if you come from a culture that has been colonized, if your language has been suppressed, if your culture has been suppressed, if your land has been occupied by outside occupiers, you are good in my book. <laughs> you are, you are, you, that is your eligibility to be perform at this indigenous music festival. I, I don't know. If Even if you don't think you're indigenous. I don't know if there's a different definition, but it resonates with me. Um, I, I got to ask you a few questions about it, right? Because so one, you, you pulled this off during the pandemic, we like did. in the height of the pandemic. Yeah, we did. So you did it like 95% virtual, very little in person. We only had the musicians, our staff, and you know, on the, the cast of folks behind the scenes that were there in the room. Right. And then we did have a, uh, a watch party which we kept very, you know, had a limited amount of people and we, we uh, everyone was wearing masks and we were socially distant, but we had, you know, we, we did want to have um, our visiting folks coming in to be able to meet some of the folks, uh, the people that were hosting them. So we did, you know, we, we had that, uh, that watch party, which, you know, you were there yeah. in attendance and, and it was just, it was amazing. And it, 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 all it was for me, that was the, the, that was the nail on the head of like, we were like, this is going to happen. If that, if, if it was going to be this awesome, all of us just kind of watching it on the screen and just cheering it on. We, it was like they were performing live, right? We, yeah, people were cheering yeah, yeah. and screaming and standing up with standing ovations. All the artists were there. They got to bow and, and, and right. it was, it was, it was awesome. So they just didn't perform. Live. They, they didn't perform live. Yeah. We pre-recorded it over two days. Yeah. And, 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 and so we did, we just had during celebration, we had Ock Rock side stage yeah. where we had eight artists. Yeah. That's kind of where you embarrassed the hell out yes, of me. Yes. It was your birthday. It was my, it was my birthday. <laughs> it was my birthday. I got to do it. And, uh, I have to yeah, do it. That's why I say you give me so, far too much credit for my role in this. No, I did. I did give you credit on it, but I also believe I sang happy birthday oh, to you, you sure um, in the Marilyn Monroe uh, fashion. <laughs> I'm, you know, it's funny. Uh, Happy birthday <laughs> to you. <laughs> you know, I'm. Oh, I'm he not, loved it. No, I hate it. I'm not one for my birthday that much, but this year, just because I don't know, celebration was back. We were back. For those who don't know what celebration is, when you you're crazy and you need to come to yeah. Juno. What world do you? Yeah, Sea Alaska Heritage uh, hosts every two years a celebration. They bring in dance groups from all over mm -hmm. Southeast and yep. beyond predominantly Clinket and Haida, but we've had yep. different... Uh, I believe we had uh, Unangwak people there. And, yeah. And, and Alutik. Oh, man, they lit it up. Yep. Yeah, yep. they were awesome. 
It was uh, Christmas, my birthday, everything all wrapped in one this year because we're, you know, we're still in a pandemic, but it kind of feels like we're coming out it of it. It does feel like we're coming out a little bit. Um, I'll say, hell, I'll say it. I got COVID um, during that, but I'm also here to tell you I'd do it all over again. Yeah. Um, every hug was worth it. Every encounter was worth it. Yeah. I, you know, it was just crazy. This pandemic was so hard. And I, I want to tell you, uh, when it comes to Rock Hawk, um, I was so blown away that you pulled it off, given all those obstacles, yeah. and made it so unique and so cool. Can people still go? Is there somewhere you can go and watch those performances still? Because I think you should. Well, we got to blow that up. Absolutely. I mean, so what we're doing right now, you know, we we have about, um, I'd say about 16 hours of footage. Wow. So instead of, you know, you know, putting it out there and you know, yeah. we are we're going to put together, we're actually working on creating a uh, a smaller condensed version so people can get a taste of it. Right. right? So, you know, it's like it's, it is. A, I mean, we had a lot. There's a lot of footage, you know, so we so we're that's what we're doing right now. The next the next we announced it during the side stage, right. you know, in celebration, we did announce the next Ock Rock, which is going to be in 2023. So it's September 21, 22, 23, 24. So we have nice. four nights of music, and our um, our goal is to have at least double the amount of artists, and and, and probably more. So we'll have probably between thirty and forty uh, different indigenous performing arts groups from around the world. I, I thought it was amazing, but I'm not, I won't lie to you. The whole time I was sitting there just jamming and jiving on that and just loving it, all I could think is, man, this is going to be so cool when it's in person. Yeah. When it's really what at its height. Yeah. I also say, you know, you hear people, the expression walking on clouds. Sam, you heard that? Yeah. This guy right here, Kachung, <laughs> I was watching him walk around the room while this was happening. And like he said, we we're watching, there was a watch party. We were all socially distanced. We we're all, you know, masked up. But yeah. he's walking around the room literally like he was on clouds of air. <laughs> He was so excited to see it. Oh it was, my gosh. It was so exciting to see you kind of just in your element, just uh, like, yeah. and being able to enjoy all that hard work. Yeah, you know, we had an awesome team of folks. You know, it wasn't just I can't take all the yeah, credit. Yeah. We had we had an amazing team, and you know, the thing is, when we made that decision to go virtual, that was the one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. Honestly, I'm not kidding you. It for it to come out of my mouth because everyone was pretty much like the decision was on me. No one was making a decision. We were like on holding pattern for months because, you know, it felt like there was, you know, when when the uh, vaccine came out, yeah. things were dying down a little bit. Numbers were going down and and um, we, we, were, we were like, we're doing this. We're going to be live. And then Omicron hit or whatever yeah. it was or whatever. I can't remember, but it was then we put a pause. And so at one point, I mean, we sat there for a few months and everyone was just looking at me and I was looking at them and I was like, OK, I'm going to say it out of my mouth as that we are going to be virtual. Mm -hmm. And so at that moment, that's when we that's when we hit the ground. And our team went in full force because we knew, okay, this is what we're doing. And so we put all of our resources, all of our money, everything in making the online experience for people 
the best experience they can have. And it was to me, I've, I was a part of, you know, I've been playing music a long time and we were doing a bunch of online festivals and concerts. This one was by far the best one I was a part of and one of the best ones I had seen of any virtual show. I'll, I'll tell you this, and anybody who knows me, I don't bullshit here. Right? Yeah, and I don't bullshit either. Uh, if I, I'm going to call it, uh, you know, spade a spade, and I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And I just kept thinking it's what we need right now. Yeah. You know, the pandemic was so hard on everybody. Um, I'm an introvert, and people don't believe that, but I am. It was hard. I needed people. Mm -hmm. I, it was so bad. And so I can't imagine what a guy like you went through through this pandemic because like you are Mr. Thrive on it. Yeah, yeah thrive on, on that it. energy yeah. that yep. you get from people. Um, so I know it had to be hard, right? Oh, um, but it mental was, health check, let me tell yeah. you. Yeah, and it was, but it was good, man. It was good to see. And, and I, I think it can be huge. I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to help put Juno on the map. Yeah. You know, um, Rosita with Sea Alaska Heritage, she always talks about making Juno like the Pacific Northwest art capital of the world. Right, right. Right? Yeah. And I think this is a piece of that puzzle. This is a very big piece of it, I think. Right. A very big piece. Celebration is a huge piece. This one is going to rival Celebration, I believe, and just and, and give people just another option. It's not dance, it's music. And so, you know, it's, I think this is going to be a huge piece of that puzzle. Well, you know, whether you're indigenous or not, right, like music speaks to so many people. I'm, I'm, a, I'm that guy, like, you know, we've talked about what a nerd I am. I was the kid in high school who you wanted one of my mixtapes. Mm -hmm. I would make you a mixtape, <laughs> man. Whether, you know. DJ, yeah, really? <laughs> oh, I love um, it. I, you, will you make me a mixtape? Oh man, bro! You tell me what you're driving, <laughs> and I'll make you one. Um, you ever watch that movie High Fidelity? I don't know if I with saw John it. because that's me. Uh, Even the okay, drama I'm, with. I'm gonna have to check out Sam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All, all my breakups and everything can go through. Like if you ride with me, and you hear my playlist now. Uh -huh. You can you know how healthy my relationships are, <laughs> how bad they are. How, um, no, but, I love it. I love but it. What I love about this and and about the um, music just speaks to people, mm -hmm. and you don't have to be of the culture that you're listening to to love it. Yeah, I think that's why people like celebration. Well, it's so much. the international language, right? It's, like it's, it's the it's the communication that every culture, every language. It doesn't matter if you can't speak to each other. You feel it. Well, the language. Yeah. It, it's hearing the mathematical equation of life. Right. There you go. And see, well, how do you like that? There one, you Sam? go. Bam. Bam. Let's stop Boom. right there. Right there. Yeah. Mic drop. Thank you. You have been <laughs> listening to opening a box of knowledge. Right. No, but I think it, it's going to really fill that piece. And I, I like the art campus at Sea Alaska Heritage just opened. Uh, I talk about it over and over again about representation mattering yeah. and you live in Juneau the most beautiful capital city in the country which is true and you know I, I moved here eight years ago from a village that my culture was all around me was and, it only eight years yeah oh wow I know you haven't been here much longer than that I mean I've I been here for almost, I'm going on four yeah wow no, it's been, it's been a blink of an eye for me. But again, then you look back and it feels like several lifetimes, right? <laughs> but, you know, representation matters. And Sea Alaska Heritage, Sea Alaska, Gold Belt. I'm, I'm going to keep blowing all these folks up. 
DIA Douglas Indian Association. Yeah, we should have Rosita on. We should absolutely. Yeah. She's my neighbor now, so yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. But uh, we we I think it's so awesome that in the center of this capital city, the gemstone of that now is this art campus that exemplifies our culture. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, it's for amazing. those of you guys that haven't been to Juno in a while, you're in for a treat when you come here. The downtown Juno has transformed. The art campus Almost is overnight. absolutely stunning. It has happened very quickly. I, I told Rosita, you know, again, everybody knows I'm president of Clinton Haida. We did a remodel of our headquarter building, Andrew Hope building, a couple of years ago. And yeah. we just put form line on the outside because like Rosita and Sea Alaska Heritage, they raised the bar. Yeah. Like, and I don't think we even met that bar no, by no. any means, but we've bought, you know, land back. We've bought some buildings, yeah. maybe. We're oh, gonna, well, we're, gonna tra we're transforming it. We're indigenizing the community. And as a Clinket Haida, you know, as an indigenous person, I want to walk around knowing that, like, this is our Ani. This you, is, that you're in a special place. Yeah. You, you want to, you know, I, I want to we just been seeing it also at the airport so when you go to the oh, airport man. there are now some art artwork by uh you know robert mills by um uh whirl crystal whirl right. uh just gorgeous gorgeous pieces uh, bremner bremner uh, allison oh, bremner. bremner um now there's amazing art that's going on so it's right when you get off the plane you know you're in a special place mm -hmm. and, and and as you go down the road it just gets even better and so it's just it's an awesome time to see uh this representation happening here and it's it's visually being seen you, you know uh, and our culture is inclusive it's not meant to make anybody feel like they don't belong or it's not a part of them i think you know if you're a non-native and you grew up in juno i hope you see it and feel loved and, 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 and proud right? and proud of the yeah. community yeah I, I think it's it's pretty astounding to see that and uh we're seeing more of it. Again, again, it goes back to this interview that we're gonna get the second part of here, talking about that tribal recognition and what tribes and, and our our native corporations, what that does for our state. Uh, we are a rich state because of our indigenous people. Yes. You know, and I've always said, I come from the richest people in the world, you know, and I am a village boy through and through. I love my village. I love that upbringing. And I feel like, uh, you know, in this kind of socially and politically divided time and era we live in, you hear words like privilege thrown around a lot. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to hear us talk about some of that. You privilege. will. You will. But I'm going to throw one out at you. Village privilege. Oh. I feel like I grew up privileged uh, and sometimes maybe I'm even a little too arrogant about it to some of my more urban brothers and sisters because man, I just grew up in this village knowing who I am, living off the land. Our way of life was everything. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else. It's who we are. It's our way of life. Did you think that the whole world was like that? Yes. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, yeah, that's how yeah. I was. Like, I thought the whole world was like like it was in Mamdrich. And so, I mean, when when I had, it was an eye-opening experience when the first time I left left home and just going, it was actually visiting my grandparents in Philadelphia. And that was a culture shock, oh, you know? Uh, it was, I mean, to, to see 
buildings, you know, high sky- skyscrapers and all that kind of stuff. I mean, just a city. Well, I travel a lot now, right? And mm-hmm. I'm a big boy. And that's a good thing in some ways because I'll people watch. I'll, mm-hmm. I almost stare at people because not like, oh, I see an attractive girl and I'm going to stare at her or, or an oddball, you know, whatever. Yeah. I just stare. Yeah. And I, I remember one time I was on the ferry going between uh, Bremerton and Seattle and this guy had spikes sticking out of his face mm. and I was staring and I didn't mean to stare. Right. But I'm staring. You're intrigued like, why do you do this? Yeah. I don't want people to see it. I don't know. But he, he got pissed at me and kind of got in my face. And then I stood up and kind of used my size. And then he was like, kind of cussing and walking off and I'm like, yeah, you better step off, buddy. <laughs> but that's like, I just stare at people. I love to go to uh, concerts and games and, yeah. and things because I come from a village of 80 people. Like I didn't grow up with any of this. So no, I, I feel you. I go that. to a football game and I got to remind myself I'm there to watch a game because I'll just watch people. Yeah, I feel you on that. I'm, I feel, I'm the same way. I and feel the, you on that. You're a musician and you play, you know, you were talking about even in the village where you played in front of 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. Well, you played at much bigger places now, right? Oh, yeah. Tell me, because, like, I go to a football game and you feel that energy. Yeah. is the craziest thing. What's it like to be a performer? It drives you. That, that has to be the it drives, biggest. It drives you. It's, 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 uh... Again, I got it's, no talent. Yeah, so you I can't know, do it myself. You know, I, I would liken it to, to a drug. You know, you 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 get that hit, you get that feeling, and you just want it again. And and so I mean, it's just it's and it's awesome to, and 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 it's not just that; it's also representing your people, right? That's well, that, bro, yeah. You you found a way. You know, we talked about this in the first episode, but you found a way to you know, in a contemporary way, to bring your culture through your expression. Yeah, in, in such a traditional and contemporary way, like what a gift that is. Yeah, and it's just fun. Yeah, it's fun. I can't. I have to pinch myself every once in a while. I just like can't believe this is my job. I mean, my my secret desire is to be a singer. Everybody else's desire is for me not to sing. <laughs> but if I could, I would, bro. I mean, oh, we're no. You're, we're gonna hit the sandbar. We're gonna go do karaoke. Oh my. <laughs> No, I'm, you know. Is there still karaoke at the same? I don't even know. I don't know. All right, we're gonna hit up. I, we're gonna I, hit up karaoke somewhere. I'm, I'm not the guy you want. To but you know what we gotta do? We're gonna, we're gonna go somewhere where nobody knows us. We're Where's gonna go. We, well, we're gonna go down to America. Oh, we're gonna have to. We'll, we'll go down to America. We'll go down to America. Go incognito. We'll find some. It won't even, won't even have to be a divey bar. We'll just because nobody, will, you know, just and then we'll, we're you, gonna hit up karaoke. What, what is your? What would be your karaoke song? Oh, God. So I'm very eclectic, right? So I love, like, you know, 80s, um, but I like ballads. I like contemporary. I okay. like, Name I like, a song. Oh. Um, what is going to be? Man, I, you know, I don't know. Oh. That's, a, that's a tough one because I, I just listen to so much music. Right now, you know what? I, I always I don't like country or anything. Okay. But uh, what's his name? Chris Stapleton? Tennessee whiskey. Okay, yeah, yeah. Man, that's my jam. Yeah, those right now. those old. Yeah, yeah. those. Are the, I got friends and all those. Oh, all the, those are, I got friends and old. <laughs> see, I can't sing though. 
but I can I can nail some Garth Brooks. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't, I don't think I've ever been drunk enough though. Well, we're gonna go. We're doing it. No one's gonna know us. We're just it's just gonna be you and we're, I. We're gonna have to go far yeah. away, bro. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a story. One, I don't look like anybody else. I don't think except for this. I used to get people would come up to me and call me George, and I'd be like George, and they're like, Oh, you look like George. I was like, I don't think I look like anybody. I don't know. But I was, I, I had a meeting in Green Bay with the Oneida and I got to take my dad down and we went to the opening game, Seahawks versus Packers. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, kid out of the village, walking into the um, Oneida gate at the Lambeau Field. Cool. And out of nowhere, Richard, this lady I had met before comes running out of the crowd and spotted me and the president of Oneida was like, do people just know you wherever you are? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that was weird. Apparently. <laughs> you know, but no, I just, yeah, I'm, I, I can't sing, but I'll... No, we're doing it. I'm telling you, Sam, we're going to do this. Let's go. What's your karaoke song? Uh, I usually resort to some, some hip hop. I'll go Nas Illmatic. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say mine. Okay. It's John Legend. Oh, my John God. Legend. I know. That puts me into it. <laughs> oh, man. So, that is what I... What song? Ordinary People. Yeah. Yeah, that's, okay. the, that's my go-to. That, that's, that's one of that's, mine, too. That's yeah. my go-to. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Do you know... Oh, do you know Uncle Cracker? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that would be one of mine. There you go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Fish in the sea, man. Well, let's get on with our episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's turn over uh, and hear uh, our second part of our conversation with Log and I, Liz Medicine Crow, Wafa Gadok, Barbara Blake, and Representative Tiffany Zolkowski. Oh, man. 